And the Lord said to me, Go. I will send you far away to the Gentiles. The crowd listened to Paul until he said this. Then they raised their voices and shouted, Rid the earth of him! He's not fit to live! As they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and flinging dust into the air, the commander ordered Paul to be taken into the barracks. He directed that he be flogged and questioned in order to find out why the people were shouting at him like this. stretched him out to flog him. Paul said to the centurion standing there, Is it legal for you to flog a Roman citizen who hasn't even been found guilty? When the centurion heard this, he went to the commander and reported it. What are you going to do? He asked. This man is a Roman citizen. The commander went to Paul and asked, Tell me, are you a Roman citizen? Yes, I am. He answered. Then the commander said, I had to pay a big price for my citizenship. But I was born a citizen. Paul replied. Those who were about to question him withdrew immediately. The commander himself was alarmed when he realized that he had put Paul, a Roman citizen, in chains. I like that little visual of the, uh, the water there. That's what we've been doing in our Unstoppable series this new year. Unst water is unstoppable. If anybody's ever had water in their basement <laughs> or um, flooding anywhere, it's powerful, isn't it? Water is powerful. Water is unstoppable. So is God's power. That's what we're journeying through, seeing as we go through the book of Acts. God's unstoppable power in the life of Paul and in our lives today. And what we've been seeing is uh, Paul's doing this work. He goes to Jerusalem and he has an unstoppable grace that's been given to him from God. And he's trying to share this message of unstoppable grace with the people around him. This God's power, God's spirit. He wants them to know it too. And what do they do? They riot, they mob, they beat him up, they want to whip him, they want him killed, really. They, they get out this leather whip, and they give him to the soldiers, riot, riot. And you know how Jesus was scourged with a leather whip with some bone and metal in it? They wanted to do that to Paul, too. They really wanted, uh, a lot of similarities between Paul and Jesus, they really wanted him dead, just like they wanted Jesus dead, too. As he's trying to share this... Uh, Powerful message of God's grace with the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people. And as we talked last week and, and before a bit, the, the Jewish people, they don't like this. They don't like that people can experience God without following all their rules. They want them to follow all their laws and all their regulations. There are 613 Jewish laws. And so they're rioting and getting upset and uh, falsely accusing Paul. We saw last week of... Uh, they're saying that Paul's letting these Gentiles into the holy place of the temple, these filthy, dirty Gentiles. So they're really taking him to task. 
And uh, they just read Acts for us. That's our section for today. So we're not going to turn to Acts because they already read it. We're going to turn to Ephesians 2, some, do something a little different today. You got the picture of what's happening with Acts. Remember last week where Paul, uh, we talked about persecution. Keep that in your mind as we look at God's unstoppable grace that he showed to Paul and that uh, he shows to everybody else who surrenders their life to him. So we're going to focus a bit more on, on grace this morning from what Paul's experienced through Jesus and what he's trying to share with others. Ephesians chapter 2 and your um, New Testament, over three-fourths of the way through your Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. Here we go, Ephesians chapter 2. If you're there, say grace! Grace! And if your name is Grace, you go, what? <laughs> Nobody here today, all right. Um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, and, and I don't know, this is... I've got some notes, some different verses listed in your insert today. I want you to read those this week and just soak in God's grace because it is so powerful and so unstoppable. And as we read this, really listen to the words. Really meditate on these words because this is a life changer and an eternity changer. Ephesians chapter 2, look at verse 1. Once you were dead... Because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Listen to this past tense, a bunch of past tense. All of us, verse 3, used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God. Let's say those two words together. But God. One more time. But God is so rich in mercy, and He loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. That's what we were, now we are. Verse 7, so God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by His what? Grace. When you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things He planned for us. Long ago. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Let that, those verses just soak in for a moment. Mm. Wow. I don't know. Sometimes you're a Christian for years or decades and you kind of get used to Bible words. You get used to the word grace. You get used to the word saved or forgiven. But I don't know. Try to think about it today with fresh eyes, new eyes. How much he's forgiven us from. How much grace has been just poured out, lavished on us 
Truly the love of God is the most changing thing in the universe. I hope you know Him. Changes our lives now and our eternities forever. Changes our perspective, changes our mind, changes our heart, changes our relationships, the way we do work, the way we handle money, the way we raise our kids. Grace. Grace and God's love in us and through us. It's a game changer. These two little words are a game changer. What two little words? But God. Thank you. But God. That's absolutely right. But God changes everything. You were, did you hear all the past tense in this? You were, but God. But God changes everything. You were, if you're taking notes, you can write that down. But God. Those two little words. But God changes everything. Uh, You were, but God. You used to live in sin, but God. You once were dead, but what? God. But God. Those two words are at the heart of the gospel. Everything that God has done through Jesus can be summed up in two little words, but God. You were, I think this is from 1 Corinthians 6.11, that's in your notes too. You were one way, but now you're washed, you're sanctified, you're justified. It's just as if I'd never sinned. We are justified with God because of what he did. But God was so rich in his mercy that he gave uh, us life. He chose to save us, not because he had to, not because we deserved it, but because he wanted to. Because he lavished his love on us, not by our good works, but by his unstoppable grace. You were, but God. You were, but God. Dwell on that. So like Paul and uh, billions of other people who have existed and, and come to Jesus, we were one way, but God has saved us through faith alone and Jesus alone by grace alone. God's unstoppable grace. Paul, we've talked about him for some time and he used to live this way, didn't he? We talked about persecution last week. You know who Paul was? He was the persecutor. He was doing this stuff. He was hurting Christians. He was murdering Christians. He was torturing Christians. He was throwing them in jail. He was the persecutor. But God changed his life. The Fresh Prince would say, he flipped, turned upside down. From the way that he used to live, changed his life today and forever. His life got totally flipped upside down. And he went from zealously following the law to Instead, zealously following Jesus and showing others that grace that he had received. Not based on the law, which is what these Jews uh, were hung up on and, and rioting against. Not hung up on the law and all these stacking up our good works, but based on grace. Paul said, I was blind, but now I see. Because of God's grace. Because of Jesus and his life, he could see both physically and spiritually. His eyes were opened up to God's grace. So now Paul's going around declaring the resurrection power to the same people he used to persecute and hate. Isn't that powerful? I always think about, what if Paul came into your church? Like, before he came, and he wanted to kill people. Lock them up and, and get them from follow, stop them from following Jesus. It's kind of, it'd be kind of like a... A terrorist coming, and somebody comes in with a gun, and everybody just runs and scatters, and we're afraid and call the police. 
And you see the same guy, but he's not the same guy. He's a different guy. He's been changed. That's how he once was, but God in his life has turned him into somebody new. And that's us too. And he's sharing this gospel. He's sharing this grace with these people, this mob, with swollen eyes because they just beat him up. And he's like, God loves you. God wants to change you. He wants to save you just like he saved me. Nancy, you want to beat me up? Oh, well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, in Never. class today, we did Acts. And we had to, you know, we had half an hour, so we did it fast. But, um, the whole book? In half an hour? I don't know how you did that, but <laughs> I could barely get through five verses. Yeah. You failed me. You didn't bring the sunglasses. So. But they're in the van. Oh, I didn't have Nancy, them. they're in the van. I'm so sorry. That's all right. Anyway, Eli had his. So oh, Eli, good. Good, Eli good, good. Was Paul. So when he was blinded by the light, he had his sunglasses so that he was groping about in darkness. Okay, gotcha. And then when he was made new again, then he, he, could, you know, see. he could see. And then. At the end of class, he was in chains and writing down, hmm. the, you know, the, uh, the letters. Yeah, okay, letters. right, Paul's letters. So uh-huh. he, did, he did a great job. He did the whole list. Okay. Eli was once blind, but now he could see. <laughs> Meant to bring those in for you. Anyway. I have them in my van always if you want to use them next week. Oh, okay. Or if well, kids want to use them. His, so that worked out. Okay. But I wanted them for the blindness metaphor. You know? Yeah. That's what all of us were. We were blind. Lost in our sins. Separated from God. Headed towards wrath and destruction. But God. But God snatched us out of the fire. Changed us. Made us new. Transformed us into beautiful creations. New creations, I should say. New creations for Him. I like this too in, in Acts 22 uh, that they read in the video. We, we see Paul getting ready to be flogged. <laughs> Leather whips, uh, bones and metal, and it's going to scrape some skin off his back. You really don't want to think about it too much. Very similar to what happened to Jesus, like I said. And what does he do? He brings up his Roman citizenship. He plays the uh, get out of flogged free card. Right? He's like, you guys, wait, 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 wait. Before you do it, I need you to know that there's a, a legal process. I am a, a Roman citizen, and you can't actually do this to me according to the law. And they er, stop in their tracks, and the commander comes in. He's like, we can't do this. We've got to do a trial, which you'll see in the coming uh, weeks, in the coming chapters of Acts. And so they stop from torturing Paul. They, they stop from beating him up and giving him punishment. And I, I was reading that this week, and I was like, that's kind of like what Jesus does for us. We're headed towards destruction. We're headed towards wrath. We, because of our sins, we earn and deserve to pay the penalty for our sin. The second death. And then we go, but wait, 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 wait. Like Paul, where he says, I'm a Roman citizen. We go, wait, 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 wait. I'm actually a citizen of heaven. Okay, we, let's play our citizenship card. Jesus has already saved me. He's already given me grace. He's already gotten me out of this punishment because he took on the punishment for me. I like that. Is it, I don't know if that is anything that Paul meant in there, uh, but that parallel of we deserve this, we're going to get this punishment, but Jesus already took it. That's God's grace. We were, but God. It's all because of that. 
We were but God. So rich in His mercy showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us. The verse says, it's in your notes, while we were still sinners, His unstoppable grace changes everything. Do you, do you know that? Do you feel that? Do you go, yeah, I've heard this before. Really think about it. Let it permeate your, not just your Sunday morning, but your whole life. Your day in and day out. Your frustrations and your pain. I, I know life is uh, long and full of sorrow, right? But God's grace gives us hope in the darkness. I want to have my beautiful assistant come up. Rachel, would you? Would you join us for just a moment? I want you to show these people, thank you, uh, what you showed me this week. I hadn't learned this sign language before, but Rachel told me about the word for grace. Do you want to explain it a little bit? I don't know where the original, like, where the original sign comes from, but I've always thought of grace as like grabbing what God's going to give us and showering it down upon us. Grace. I better do that. Ready? Grab what God's given you. And shower it upon yourself. Do it again. Last time. Nice and slow for us slow people. That's me. Grace. Grace. Thank you. Thanks, Rachel. Woo! I saw a sign. Opened up my... Sorry. Um, That's God's grace. I love that picture. God's giving it to us and raining it on us. Showering us. Dousing us with His love. Boom. You are under the the reign of God's grace, the shower of God's grace, pouring out His love on you and me. I love that. When you think about grace, think about how much God has poured out His love and mercy and compassion and forgiveness upon you and me. Don't deserve it, couldn't earn it, but He does. Now, uh, this Jewish mob was very into law. They were thinking that you were saved by not by God's grace poured out on you necessarily, but by doing good works and stacking up your deeds and being a good little boy and good little girl. But they didn't understand God's unstoppable grace that rains down on all of us, no matter who you are or what you've done. I like this uh, illustration of God's grace here. We've got a jar. Okay. Here's a jar for you. And this is... uh, I don't know, I wouldn't recommend this for you to do as parents. But here's a little story, okay? Um, Picture this jar as like a a jar that you are giving a reward for your child in, okay? And this is to show God's undeserved favor, right? Uh, Imagine a parent setting a jar out on the counter. All right, here we go. And every day that the kid's behavior is perfect and flawless and they don't break any rules and they don't say any mean things and they don't talk back and they don't and they do do their homework and they don't slack off and they do do their chores you get one coin in the jar maybe we'll say for every kid for every day so four kids in my house four kids obeying perfectly right if you guys have seen my kids you know like the, the coins just stack up that's a joke they don't but so every day they get one little coin in if they obey and listen perfectly, don't do anything. But for the days that they act up and act out and disobey and disrespect 
and don't listen and don't do their chores and fight and murder each other and say mean things and, and don't clean their room and everything else. They misbehave. On that day, you take a coin out of the jar and you put it back in the pile. How long do you think it would take a child <laughs> to fill up this jar with one coin every single day if they're completely and utterly, totally behaving? Would it ever get filled up? The answer is no. The correct answer is no. I know if it were me, little Danny, ornery Danny, as a boy, my jar would look a lot like this. Woohoo! like that this would be my jar Okay. now imagine a day if you will where it starts out just like the other days uh, bad 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 screaming, crying fights, disobedience not doing their chores not doing what they're supposed to do they're yelling at their parents they're insulting one another their, their coins are like this is you guys are ridiculous gone all gone Okay. and chaos is reigning and the agreed contract is that I will buy you ice cream when your coins get to the top of the jar, when it's completely full. So the deal is, you behave one coin a day, take one out for a misbehaving day, and I will only and ever buy you ice cream when the coins get all the way to the top. The kid ain't never getting any ice cream. Right? We know that to be true. But instead... On this terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day, you as the parent, you come out of the kitchen and you say, Hey kids, I know you're little sinners, right? I know you've been misbehaving. I know you've been acting awful. I know you've been acting up. I know that your jar ain't never going to hit the top. That you're never going to get a treat, a reward for your good behavior. But you know what? Out of your goodness, you will never fill it up. But I want to give you a gift that you couldn't ever earn, that you don't ever, wouldn't ever deserve. And I'm going to take my goodness. The kids are like picking those up later. I'm going to take my goodness and instead I'm going to go in your place and I'm going to give you, just fill it up. And I didn't have that many coins. But just imagine a jar filled to the brim. You know what? I love you. I'm going to give you mercy and compassion. And not on your own merit, but based on my goodness. Let's go get some ice cream. I love you. This ain't going to work. You're never going to be good enough. But I love you. And so, let's go get some ice cream. And to any kid that you have ever told the words, let's go get some ice cream. Shoes on, coats on, out that door, faster than they ever do for anything else, right? <laughs> Somehow they find their shoes on that day, when, not when you're trying to get ready to go to church service, but when they go get ice cream. They're pulling out of the driveway, right? And you've got to run and, and catch up and hop in the car while it's going. Because of your grace and your kindness that lavished your love on them when they couldn't ever earn it, when they would never deserve it. Your goodness and mercy and compassion, forgiveness said, you were this way, 
but I'm going to give it to you anyway. That's God. We were, but God. We were, but God's grace changes everything in our lives. It reminds me of what Paul wrote in Romans 3. You can read this later. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we really are. But now, God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right by placing our faith in who? Jesus Christ. God through Jesus. Yes, you're correct. Uh, And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are. I love that Paul says that. For everyone has sinned. And we all fall short, fall short of God's glorious standard. Far, far short. Yet God, here we go. Yet God in His grace freely makes us right in His sight. He did this through Jesus Christ when He freed us from the penalty of our sins. So have you experienced this amazing grace, this unstoppable grace in your life? Have you had that moment? Where you receive it, you could never earn it, you never deserve it, you're destined for wrath, but you go, I surrender my life to you, Jesus. Thank you for dying in my place for my sins and giving me abundant life that starts today and goes on forever. I hope and pray that you have because that, God's grace changes everything. And then we can be like Paul. Not just hoard all of God's grace for ourselves and say, gimme, 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 and I don't want to share. You ever seen a kid? I want this toy, it's mine. I'm not going to share. That's not what Christians are called to be. That's not the mission. Once we experience God's grace firsthand, filling up our jar and God giving us ice cream that we didn't earn, then we want to take that grace and share it with everyone around us. Let's watch a short video before we close. Ties in. Can you help me, please? I'm stuck. I don't, I don't think that's a good idea. I have zero experience in lumberjacking. Thank God you're here. Can you make some food? I've been stuck here for six days, and all I've had to eat are two pine cones. Well, I'm not a nutritionist, so I wouldn't know what someone in your condition would... Do something! Uh, do what? I'm, I'm not a zoologist. There's a gun in the tent. Get the gun. I don't have a license. I've never operated... uh, Look, just through a rock or something. I'm not a geologist. I don't know which one would be most effective. Oh, I I don't want to die. I don't even know if I'll get into heaven. Do you at least know how to get into heaven? Well, actually, I'm a Christian, but I'm not a theologian, so I wouldn't really know what to say to you. But, you know, if you ever get out of here, you really should look into it. No formal training in long distance running. Sounded yummy. It's it's funny but true. I love that. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be an expert to help somebody. I I like that point. Um, You don't have to graduate Bible college to be able to share John 3.16 with a friend or neighbor or co-worker. You don't have to have a big 
a seminary degree, be an expert scholar, to share your testimony of how Jesus changed you from what you were to the new creation. You don't have to be an expert. Here's the problem. Last thought, you can write this down. Everybody thinks somebody will do it. Everybody thinks somebody else is going to share the gospel. We've got this grace, this amazing grace. And we don't want to hoard it to ourselves. We want to share. I want to read you this. This is called, um, Whose Job Is It Anyway? The story of four people named Everybody, Somebody, Anybody, and Nobody. Ready? There was an important job to be done. And everybody, these are their names, everybody was sure that somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did it. Somebody got angry about it because it was everybody's job. Everybody thought anybody could do it, but nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. It ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have. You get that? The story is a little confusing, but the message is very, very, very clear. No one took responsibility, so nothing got accomplished. Everybody thinks somebody else is going to do it. It's not my job to share the gospel. That's a paid missionary, evangelist, pastor job. Everybody thinks somebody else is going to serve or volunteer or do something or, or help somebody. No, 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 no. Look at the mirror. God has appointed me for this task, this mission, this moment right now. He has given me His grace. And like Paul, who was blinded, but now he could see, but uh, it, we were, but then God, we are called, commanded, to take this mission to the ends of the world. A huge, huge, huge part of the mission of God is to take the good news of the gospel. Like uh, Matthew 28. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them, uh, these new disciples, to obey all the commands I've given. Everybody thinks that somebody else is going to do that. But you know whose job it is? All of our jobs, every single person's job, when you become a follower of Jesus. Paul knew. He said, I've been saved by grace alone, through faith alone, and Jesus alone. Now what's my next step? Go to church on Christmas and Easter? No! Sit in a seat and do nothing for Jesus the rest of the week? No! 24-7, we have a mission in this world. The church is not a social club. The church is an army. Soldiers for the Lord on a mission, on purpose for Him to go into the world. That's our mission field. Some people go across the world, but they don't go across the street. That's a lot of Christians in America. We just have to own the mission. Do you own the mission? Have you been saved by the grace, the amazing grace of God? I hope and pray so. Then, the next step is to own that mission and help other people know God's amazing grace. Two. We're going to sing our last song. And uh, man, God's amazing grace.
God's amazing grace changes everything in our life. Don't just think that somebody else will do it because then nobody will do it and it won't happen. Everybody is on mission, on purpose for Jesus. We can do this. God has called that somebody to be us. You and me. In Troy, Ohio or Piqua or wherever you live. Tip City or Anna. Wherever you're from. That's your mission field. Start there and then it goes out. We've been talking about this for over a year. And I hope and I pray that we really truly internalize the amazing grace. God's unstoppable grace in our life. So that we can share his unstoppable grace with the people around us. And not only change our lives for now and forever, but change other people's lives. Don't just hoard that unstoppable grace for yourself. God has called that somebody to be you. Would you stand with us as we sing to our amazing God?
pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you with all that we are for your grace that is truly amazing, astounding, and awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In his saving name, everybody said.